Welcome to another episode of Simply Sales and Marketing. I always say that I'm excited, but today I'm super excited to have Ryan Reiser as our guest. Ryan is brand ambassador at Conyism. He also has his own company, Phone Ready Leads. He's the host of Revenue Champions, great podcast, and a four times performer of the worst cold call ever. Ryan talks a lot about outbound, cold calling, demand generation, sales development, and sales enablement. Ryan, welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. Love uh the titles, you know, the 4X, I'm going on five. Hopefully in the next week or two, I can get another one under my belt. So I appreciate you calling those out there. <laughs> Fantastic. And it's quite an interesting story because I got to know you on LinkedIn, thanks to the power of the algorithm and talking about sales. I'm in sales myself, obviously. And you were commenting, it's quite an interesting story. You were commenting on one of my feeds about cold calling. I was reading the book, Tech Powered Sales, and following you commenting this is all quite random, on my feed, I turn the page and suddenly you're quoted in the book talking about ICP, about TAM, and, and about sales and ailments. So perhaps you want to sort of talk us about what got you into sales and some of what you've talked about in tech-powered sales. Oh, sure. So my uh, journey to sales and, and marketing is not unlike a lot of others. I know everyone's like, oh, it's a a non-traditional path, but I think most people who get into this business, this industry, uh, this profession, they don't wake up uh, when their children saying, you know, dad, mom, I want to be a, a sales professional when I grow up. <laughs> uh, so you kind of stumble into it. And uh, for me, I uh, I was actually planning on becoming a math teacher, went to uh, university, studied math. I got an engineering minor and, mm -hmm. you know, worked on some programs to go and try to bring STEM back to high school to, to help, you know, bring math and science to high school. And that was my passion is, is teaching. And for me, I came from a, a really underserved area. I, I had a pretty rough growing up myself and wanted to give back because uh, the reason I was able to even get to college was because of my coaches and my teachers and things like that. So that, that was my plan. Uh, but I graduated uh -huh. college in our university uh, for, for your, your audience, maybe uni, um, <laughs> uh, graduated in 2008, which was the other really amazing time to be coming out of university in our recent uh, history. Uh, the economy was just booming back then, if you recall. And when I went back to do my student teaching, I, I realized that probably wasn't going to be a place that was going to lead to any, anything good. A lot of my friends and family were just doing a lot of bad stuff, drugs or fights and things like that, go to bars and there's fights and stuff. So I was like, I had a few friends from university, had internships in San Francisco, and I went and visited them one week during the summer break. And when I was coming up out of the, the BART, which is the train uh, in, the, in the area, into the city, I was just mesmerized. You know, big buildings, people were driving Porsches. Uh, I saw, must, I think it was either a Lamborghini or a Ferrari parked at a meter. Not like, you know, babysitting it, but it was just like parked at a meter. I was like, what is this place? <laughs> um, I think I might, I might want to try this out for a minute. So I, I went home. I packed up everything I could own into my parents' forerunner, sold everything else and drove down to San Francisco looking for a job and a place. And that's how I stumbled into sales. You know, I never really looked back. Once I got in, I was I was kind of hooked. It has a lot of applications in mathematics. And um, I, had, I, I happened to stumble into ad tech and martech. So the marketing and sales kind of came together for me early on. And the maths behind all of that is what's really got me super passionate about the industry and the profession. Fantastic. And a very interesting story that, that you've had. And certainly, you, I, I totally agree in one respect, like 90% of people get into sales, and they don't actually ever expect to get into sales, but you had had quite a journey going from where you started to where you are now, because you talk a lot about 
the math side of it, the, the, the data, the triggers, the sort of helping SDRs to become better salespeople. Tell us a bit more about what you're doing there and how you're sort of using some of this sort of more technical sort of mathematical side and bringing it into making sales better. Sure. So for me, um, one of the things that has really helped me be successful, I guess, at getting companies to market, you know, my background's been working for a lot of companies no one really knows, early stage bootstrap startups in the beginning, and then, you know, venture funded kind of turnarounds, ones that were maybe not doing so well as I built out the reputation. And one of the things that's helped me find success is, is the math behind all of this. You know, early on, the fear of the phone, the fear of rejection, the lack of understanding of how much no's you have to go through to get to a yes um, is really yeah. hard for people to understand. If you actually get out of the subjectivity of it, how you feel, and you get into the objectivity of the actual data, uh, it can be quite helpful. And so early on, I started to understand uh, what I now call math of sales, which is you know, how many activities do I really have to do to hit my number? And really simple formula that you can start to look at, you know, how many activities it take to get a conversation. And those conversations ultimately turn into meetings, you know, how many meetings turn into opportunities and then how many opportunities do you close? And if you understand your ratios or the math, you can reverse engineer what's necessary to be successful. And also, once you have that in your hands, you can start to understand what you can control and start to control the controllables and what's not in your control. And as yeah. a seller, there's really only three things that control. It's the list, the message, and you yourself as the rep, the skills right, of, of yourself. Yeah. How do you actually learn the, the psychology and all that stuff? You know, I doubled down obviously on my skills because I sucked really bad <laughs> of, a math, of a math degree. So I'm the, not necessarily the sharpest wordsmith and I'm getting better at it, but you know, uh, was not very good back then. And uh, so, you know, you got to hone your skills, what to say, how to say it, tonality, uh -huh. approach, etc. So, you know, really double down there and then got hyper-focused on understanding uh, list and message, right? List, list is, you know, if I'm doing a bunch of activities and I can't reach anybody, well, I've got to figure out different either segments or people, etc. so I can get more conversations. And then if I'm getting conversations, but they're not converting, well, I've got to figure out what to say. And so those three variables became super apparent to me quickly. And then using that guiding beacon of here's the math, here's the levers, uh, now I can control those. And I've just I've just really focused on that for about 15 years now. Absolutely. And you say that eight to 12 conversations, one to two meetings for every 50 outbound dials is sort of the optimal rate. So eight to 12 conversions on 50 dials is a 16 to 24% dial to connect rate. One to two meetings on eight to 12 conversions, we're doing the math, is eight to 25% conversion, which is really interesting. And I would say, based on my cold calling, I would get somewhere within that ratio in terms of dials and then actually getting through and getting a meeting. You know, you were talking about, you know, three things, the list, the message, the skills. Do you think cold calling, how, how is that going to impact the future of sales? If you look at any channel... That's not marketing, right? Uh, when you're really starting to become sales focused, you know, not 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 super top of funnel, but sales focused. Everything you do you do is trying to get to a conversation. So even if you see cold calling as a marketing initiative, uh, you still need to hone your cold calling skills to be a, a solid seller. Uh, whether that's commanding follow ups, uh, driving deals through the through the funnel, or or taking a marketing lead and getting it into 
uh, turn it into an opportunity. And so, you know, the phone isn't going to go away, you know, anytime soon. Maybe there's other formats, you know, we're already seeing that with video conferencing and things like that becoming way more popular with the pandemic, but you still have to somehow get someone from, I don't know you to a, a, a two-way conversation, a Zoom meeting or something like that. And, and the phone is still king, right? You do all these activities to get to, to, to the phone. So honing those skills are super important. When it comes to the misunderstanding of how most people use the phone is that, again, getting back to those ratios, a lot of organizations and or reps just still run a spray and pray method, right? So they, mm-hmm. they buy, they have access to more data than ever, whether that's Cognizant or Zoom Info or yeah. Lead IQ or Seamless, whatever it is, right? There's that attached to LinkedIn in a B2B world gives you pretty much a hyper-focused list of everyone you could ever really want to go after. Maybe not individually one-to-one, but enough to like, really make it rain if you wanted to go after it. Yet what people do is want to buy data in mass quantities quickly, cheaply, and then shove it into a robo-sequencer and then hope stuff comes yeah. out the bottom. Instead of t- putting the work up front to say, slow down to speed up, what happens is they take a big list, they call that big list, and their connect rate's not 16 to 24%. It's something like 2 to 5%. Because they're not doing a good job of selecting the exact people they want to talk to and know what to say, their conversion rate is not eight to twenty-five percent. It's something like, you know, two to five percent. Again, but the difference between you being able to get a meeting every fifty, twenty-five to fifty dials, right, uh, one to two, one fifty dials, goes up to benchmarks from tools like Connect and Sell. I know that they say a really good program is optimized at about a meeting every five hundred dials. And I know many organizations that have their dial to meeting upwards in the few thousands. Right? It takes thousands of dials just to get a meeting. They don't have a strong list strategy, right? That list mm-hmm. doesn't, the list message doesn't match. And then of course, they're actually not working the data properly. And so when it comes to the channel, and we're talking about the phone right now, to answer long when it into cold calling, if I look at a list that's generated from research today and I can get phone numbers for that list, right? So if I have a person, it doesn't need to be a mobile phone number, just a number associated with that person. Uh, there's going to be two types of people on that list where you have a phone number and you're going to make calls. There's people on that list that will reach, uh, if you do outreach to them, they will pick up the phone at some point. And there's people uh-huh. on that list that will never pick up the phone no matter how often you reach out to them. And that's the same mm-hmm. for email. It's the same for social. It's the same for throw a carrier pigeon out there, right? Send gifts, whatever. There's going to be those you can reach and those you can't, ads, et cetera. Um, But when it comes to the phone, the way the data shows, at least right now, and what we've done is that on any given list, that that reach mechanism, the number of folks that if you call them enough times can be reached is somewhere in this about 20 to 50% range. So uh, let's say it's a quarter to a half of that list you can reach. And if you only call that portion of that list, that's when you're going to get that 16 to 25% connect rate consistently. But if you call them all, you're going to be in that 2 to 5%. The other thing is if you call them all and not just the ones who pick up, over time, you're going to waste about 80 to 90% of your time dialing people who will never pick up the phone. So 25% of all the people that will ever pick up, pick up within the first attempt. The second attempt is at 40%. The third attempt is at 60%. The fifth attempt is at 80%. The 10th attempt is at 95%. The 15th Whoa. attempt is 98%. <laughs> But the long story short is most people are cold calling incorrectly right now. If you're going to cold call, you should just call people who pick up the phone and then let marketing do the rest. Yeah, I was going to say on that point there on the on the marketing front, this is where I can jump in and uh, talk a little bit on this is nurturing. It's really key. I think Mm -hmm. the cold calling step one, getting the contacts in 
and then nurturing and building that relationship. I, I laughed at myself earlier when you said the whole um, kind of spray and pray. It's, it's definitely a term that we use in marketing and it's not something that people should do. I think there's another one that's, you know, if you throw enough against a wall, it will stick. But no, I think between the two, how could you see that further aligning between sales and marketing from the initial kind of acquisition, the cold calling and going out to the nurturing? Where, where do you see those kind of synergies and relationships really working? Uh, it's a great question. You know, I'm a marketer at heart, I guess, you know, because I've sold ad tech, martech. And through my career, at one point, one of the startups I worked at was uh, an audience product. So just as Facebook custom audiences were uh, coming to market, we were building a tool that could connect all your CRM data, your website visitors, your mobile data, all in one place, get a single view of the customer, understand the previous agreement uh, with the idea that you could then leverage that to nurture or upsell, cross-sell, et cetera, accordingly, uh, mostly B2C stuff. In the B2B world, most, most B2B marketers don't really understand how all that stuff works, right? That if I have an email, I can match it against uh, audiences uh, across these different platforms, uh, Facebook, Twitter, Google, LinkedIn, et cetera. In any case, the way I see the future of all this stuff and how sales and marketing can work better is if you actually think about the B2B databases and LinkedIn, et cetera, you actually have this massive audience product, right? Just like you could go into Facebook and build a custom audience of these are the people I want to talk to and start running ads. Sales development, top of funnel sales, uh, when you have humans, you could do the same thing in the B2B. The difference is the list is the audience, right? So go in, build your list. I want companies of this size and CEOs, for example. Once I take that list, then you could actually run the process I was just referencing to figure out who on that list you can actually reach on the phone and who you might not. What that would do is allow you to then segment out the audiences. For the 20 to 40% of the CEOs you can reach on the phone, just call them to start. For the rest, you could start to do other things like ads and email and social, et cetera. And there's a whole validation you can run with them, right? If, if you sent emails and they open, well, then you should email them. If, they, if they're uh, on social and active, well, you should use social as an example. But uh, once you start to segment out the audiences, you go and you start to have that first engagement. But to your point, most often when I connect with someone cold, whether it's on the phone or email or whatever, they're not ready. Timing is huge. Right? The marketing equation is target message channel timing. So it's about the, it's about the nurture. It's about the follow-up. But since I've activated you, uh, I now have some sort of awareness. I then can compound that activation into these other channels. Mm. And so there's this massive opportunity for someone to really understand how powerful audience, quote unquote, is via LinkedIn and other databases. You literally have at your fingertips all the content information possible. If you quickly, if you have a system or process, um, which you can read my book and do this, it's chapter six buckets. If you know, if you have a process that can channel validate your data, you then have a weapon that allows your individual sales team to be about four to five times more efficient to get into that first conversation. But where sales and marketing need to work together is to compound that into this, you know, more of this digital, dark social, whatever you want to call it, experience. Meaning most people aren't ready now, but I'm activating you before anyone else has, my competitors, et cetera. I'm making you more problem aware or solution aware today. And then let the engine do its thing. Let the technology and the and the data and the ad tech, martech stuff do its thing until you're ready. And then I can nurture you back simultaneously, like every quarter or every six weeks or so via the phone. If I got you on the phone or via the email or the social where I engaged you in the first place, knowing that that's a channel to reach you. And if those two things are working together nicely, then you're never really going to miss out on an opportunity. And you can actually establish true the playbook of like market dominance, right? Which is map your TAM, call your TAM, follow up. If you do this correctly, you're going to be in every conversation when the time's right. Most organizations don't match those two together. They're just out there throwing stuff against the wall. And they're not really mm -hmm. 
they're not really looking at that first engagement as an opportunity to, to actually understand where they're at in the journey and then uh, follow up accordingly. Uh, I just did a video recently about cold calling. You want to cold call, I don't even know who you are, and then you're trying to jam me into a meeting. But like, there's a whole lot of layers I have to go through. Am I problem aware? Am I solution aware? Am I even ready to go? So on and so forth, right? Marketers know this with the demand gen funnel. Salespeople suck at this. That's where my methodology buckets come in. <laughs> but if you can merge those two together and help people think, differently about how this all operates and put the buyer's journey into into their mind then then that's where their harmony will will come into play yeah I, I, on a point on that i think it's incredible how far we've come with martech if you look at scott brinker's kind of diagram you've got sales tech which in its right is its complete own area and i think sales and marketing have, well sales in particular are becoming much more educated with conversion rates in marketing we'd always look at engagement rates open rates click-through rates on-site yep. conversion rates, whereas now sales are thinking like that, and they have this sales ops element, you can get drop-offs. And I, I think, yeah, just the, just the point to that is it's, it's quite incredible how far we have come. So no, no, really interesting point. What what do you think around the corner then, kind of sales and marketing? What do you think is going to come up next? The reality is right now uh, we're on a path towards the buy button, right? Uh, just like Amazon has has created this uh, this this machine of like if you're going to buy something on the consumer side, you go to Amazon. And it's, it's, a, it's an optimization to the buy button. You've got your actual product page, which tells the story. And the more information you have there in the form of video and text and content and testimonials and reviews and all that stuff, uh, the higher the chances of you being successful to win that, that buy button, right? And B2B and marketing and sales, I think that's the, the future of that is how do we help with selection? And then ultimately, how do we help with implementation? Otherwise, we're going to, you know, we're, we're going towards the buy button. And so for marketing, it's about creating a, a beautiful, you know, marketing site that that when we're in the selection phase, it makes it easy to to, to own that product, right? The, the market dominance. Meaning, if I'm searching on Amazon, in this case, if I'm searching a B2B world, wherever this is, we need marketing needs to be out there and make sure that no matter where someone starts that search, we can capture that demand and create a beautiful experience, answering all their questions in the ways they want to answer those questions based on where they're at in the journey. I'm becoming problem aware. Who like the, who else knows this problem and there's not product information at that stage. It's problem information, problem solutions, education, et cetera. And then you drive them through that journey. So marketing has to start thinking about that. It's not just the marketing site, but it's everywhere your audience is, being in the channels, being in the communities, et cetera. And then sales needs to understand that they're supporting in that journey, at least sales development, where there's a conversation around is that sales or sales or not. But where sales comes in is, is really understanding uh, how to support marketing as people are coming in and having these signals. When leads come in and a sales conversation starts, and we quickly identify that they're not ready to buy, they don't. They can't shove the product down their throat. They need to be okay with kicking them back <laughs> into the wild and let marketing do their thing, yeah. knowing that you're the leader. That's the future state. And if we can, if we can figure that out, then buyers are going to be so much happier than coming in accidentally getting into a demo with a seller who has commission breath. Who's trying to push you through? Who starts offering? Who starts offering, offering discounts to close you at the end of the month when you're not even ready for that yet? So on and so forth. So hopefully yeah. I'm painting that journey in the right way. That's that's how that's how I see the future of this stuff, right? Yeah. Trust that marketing has your back when they're ready to buy. You're going to get the deal, but stop trying to shove it down someone's throat. And then marketing needs to be there so that the information is is there and, and helping them know that you are the solution of choice and. And there's a fine balance there, right? Sales has to work with marketing and, mar and sales still has to do their job and follow up accordingly. But there's just so much education there. And people like I'm saying this, I'm sure people are like, what is this guy talking about? 
but salespeople are lazy and won't do the work. And then marketers, <laughs> marketers somehow sometimes miss out on, sometimes miss out on like when when it should be going to sales, and they don't trust each other, right? So yeah. there has to yeah. be this this collaboration of like, hey, this is our job, right? We're gonna help them learn all the things they need, and I need you to tell me what they need as well, and then I also need you to be able to kick them back to us without you shoving it down their throat and burning it, so on and so forth, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah we could. Beautifully put. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. We could go down a, a whole rabbit hole here of which should come first, marketing or sales. <laughs> um, finally, Ryan, so we're wrapping up. We ask everyone that comes on for something practical for the audience to take away. So, and also where can the audience find you? You've given us a lot of great tips for all the salespeople and marketing people listening. What is something practical that you would tell the audience to implement tomorrow if they're in sales and marketing? Pick up the phone. <laughs> uh, no, I, I joke about it, but it, it's so 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 many people so many people laugh at me when I say that. It's like, no, seriously, pick up the phone tomorrow and see what happens. Uh, you know, make a list, call the list, follow up. And the reality is, if you commit to leveraging the phone and stop making excuses as to why someone doesn't want to make your call and blah blah blah, are they ready? I need to know. Just pick up the phone and start having conversations with your market, and do it every day, and see what happens. I mean, it sounds funny, but. <laughs> Do it for 90 days. Like, do the 90-day challenge and see what happens. You'll thank me later. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if that's, a, that's very practical. Uh, I could see a bit of a Jordan Belfort moment there, you know. Pick up the phone and start dialing. <laughs> very lovely. That's that. exactly right. That's exactly right. Brilliant. Absolutely. Um, yeah, and I'm a big fan of cold calling, uh, in case you didn't know. So, always love picking up the phone. Uh, Ryan, where can people find you? And is there anything else that you want to plug before we jump off? Yeah, so if if you enjoyed anything I said, uh, you you know you can find me on LinkedIn. I I have a lot of content that goes out there uh, through the uh, partnership I have with Cognizant as a brand ambassador. They also repurpose a ton of my content, so you also might want to follow the newsletter, the blog, things like that. And we're just talking about this all the time. The other thing is I have a, a live calling show uh, that I do. Literally, I'll be jumping off this and going right into it every single day, Monday through Friday, anyway, business days. So if you are interested in, in seeing how some of the stuff is put from theory into practice every single day. My business partner and I uh, actually run different campaigns and in between the calling itself, uh, we usually do some theory and then we get right into calls and then you can join in at any time and have, you can ask us anything. So it's just like a, it's like a group free coaching every single day. And you can find that on the phone ready leads business page. If you follow that, you'll see them pop up or uh, on YouTube, if you subscribe to YouTube through Racer Consulting, you'll see a whole library. I've been doing the live calling for almost two years now, and there's like thousands wow. of hours of cold calling content in there. So wow. um, uh, not not that many people know about it, but it's starting to get some traction. And, and uh, if you're an early stage rep or you're a leader and you're trying to get your reps some, some content that actually works, uh, shoot them that way and have them come ask questions. It's, uh, it's just our way to give back. Those people that uh, are trying to figure this out don't really have resources like it. So check it out. Brilliant. That's that's epic. Thank you so much, Ryan, for coming on and talking to us today. And yeah, we'll hopefully hear from you soon. Thank you. Don't forget to share this if you're listening. Uh, leave us a review, give us some feedback and tell your friends about it.